Welcome into Bucks Insider presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith, and we are getting into our off-season versions of these shows. But man, we have plenty to talk about. Just because the season's over did not mean we were hurting for content here yeah. on this edition of Insider. We've had some developments. Some developments. That is a way of putting it. We will start with a very <coughs> sad one for us. Happy for him. Coach Canales leaving to go to the Panthers. Incredible opportunity for him, which is wonderful, but I know all of us here are very yeah. sad to see him go. Great coach, even better guy to work around yeah. and be around, and a great family, and just very excited for them, but all of us here, very sad. Yeah, it's, a, it's bittersweet for us, obviously, because um, it, I think you said it, but it's twofold. I think he did a great job, and had he remained in that post as our offensive coordinator, I think it would have just got better and better. Uh, very talented guy, obviously, but also a guy that everybody grew to like very, very much in just one season. So it's it's sorry to see him go, but when you are fond of a person, you want to see them live their dreams, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. I know it was his dream. He said he'd prepared for it, and obviously prepared well, because the Panthers interviewed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think two months ago, Dave's name was being mentioned in the same level as like a Ben McDonald or somebody like that. And so for him to be the one that went in and got the job suggests that he really interviewed very well, yep. which is, as knowing him, we're not if surprised. If anybody's watched any of his press conferences, <laughs> we can understand a little bit of what so, it probably was like. So good for him. It's hard to say we wish him the best since it's the Panthers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beat the Saints. Can you yes. do that for us? Beat the Saints. There we go. That's what we can ask for. Um, and then not only is he leaving, but typically the way this goes is as either coordinators get hired or head coaches get hired, they tend to, you know, they start working on their staff and it tends to be a lot of people they have worked with in the past and that's how that works. And so it looks like a few other Bucks staff members are leaving to go join Coach Canales' which, group. Which worked out for all of them because uh, some of these guys, they were on expiring contracts. So they could have stayed here, but they had new, had new deals. But there there was nothing blocking them from following, and and um, and I think the Buccaneers wish them well. Harold Goodwin following him, um, Joe Gilbert, those two have been officially announced by the Panthers. It's only reported so far that Brad Idzik will be Dave's OC, um, but given how close we know those two are, that seems very, very believable. So the Buccaneers have some vacancies on their, their staff that they need to fill out. Yeah, especially the uh, Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert ones, they were a, the big, a huge part of the running game. That it's not Skip Pete who was the running back coach, but it was Harold Goodwin was your run game coordinator. coordinator. Joe Gilbert was your offensive line coach, and we saw how much progress the run game had been making this year. And so I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to track this offseason of who replaces them and how they're able to try to keep that momentum that had yeah. been built. It's an interesting dynamic, though, because, and I'm not saying in any way that there was any problems in the relationship between Todd Bowles and those coaches, but he didn't choose those coaches. Mm -hmm. Those were Bruce Arians' coaches. He inherited most of this coaching staff. So it'll be inter interesting to see what sort of connections out there, because Todd's been in the game for a long time he has some connections who's out there who he would pick to put in those positions and so of course now the attention for the Bucks <coughs> turns to replacing first coach Canales obviously because then that will determine a lot of these other positions as well so what do we know about who the team has talked to and who some of the candidates are that are out there well they didn't wait very long because coach uh, Canales was hired by the Panthers last Thursday and then on Friday the the Bucks did their first interview for OC it had to be a virtual one because it was with Antoine Randall who was here briefly um, started his coaching career here uh, and he's the Detroit Lions wide receivers coach and last Friday they were still in it you know they're preparing for the NFC mm -hmm. championship game so that one had to be virtual and then today I mean this week uh, to get things started they've done in-person interviews at the Advent Health Training Center with Alex Van Pelt who was most recently the Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator Gerard Johnson 
who is the Houston quarterbacks coach, which means he worked with C.J. Stroud, so he did a good job. That one's off the books now, though, because he got a promotion and a raise to stay with the Texans. Um, Brian Johnson, formerly the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator, and Thad Lewis, the first in-house candidate. That's the quarterbacks coach who I know everybody over at One Buck is very fond of. I think he's done a really nice job, and obviously he worked very well with Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Now, there have been some other reported connections. I think we're, we're going to keep seeing... Uh, um, uh, several more interviews before this is all said and done, but those are the ones the team has confirmed so far. Yeah, we remember <coughs> Coach Bowles interviewed a lot of people before choosing Canales, so mm -hmm. it does not seem surprising that he would do the same thing Well, it makes again. sense to cast a wide net. Yes, absolutely. And then you brought up Mayfield. We have some great news when it comes to both Baker Mayfield and Tristan Wirfs, so tell us what happened this week. They were both uh, named to the Pro Bowl roster. We knew they were high alternates, so this was a possibility. Wirfs specifically replaces um, Trent Williams, because mm -hmm. he's in the Super Bowl, and uh, Baker specifically replaces Dak Prescott, uh, who I think is playing, maybe not playing due to injury. Uh, and pl by playing is a bit of yeah. an exaggeration, because right. Tristan won't even play, I imagine, in a flag football game, and Baker will play, I guess. Mike Evans is not going to play due to injury. I don't think it's anything serious, but um, he's actually, he's a pro bowler. He still counts as a pro yep. bowler, but he's not going. So Tristan is that's his third Pro Bowl and it's pretty cool that he, he won two Pro Bowl, earned two Pro Bowls as a right tackle, made the switch this this year to left tackle and is still in the Pro Bowl. That's a great point. And that's three Pro Bowls in four seasons and honestly as a rookie he probably was deserving. Um, but he, he ties Mike Allstead, that's the most Pro Bowl invitations in the first four seasons of a Buccaneer player's career. That's, That's pretty cool, huh? And then even the ones that had two is a pretty exclusive and cool list. That is really great. <coughs> Maybe I feel like a future article for you could be how many players make Pro Bowls at different positions. It's just hard to look up. I'm sure. Mike, I know he's not the first because I knew off the top of my head Orlando Brown had done it. Mm -hmm. um, but I've even talked to some of the other reporters about that very topic. Yeah. And it's a really difficult thing to rehearse. It's some, I mean, research. Some things you can research, you just have to figure out what, how and, mm -hmm. and get the right parameters and it goes quickly. Some things you have to do by blunt force. Yeah. Just going year, year, oh, year, boy. and it just, it's its not worth it to me, to be honest well, with then, you. <laughs> yeah, forget that I said forget, that. Yeah, yeah, not, for, nobody, nobody no articles that. there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then Baker Mayfield not only got the honor of getting to play in the Pro Bowl, but he got another honor as well that I think everyone here thinks he's very deserving of. Most improved player by Pro Football Writers uh, Association, mm -hmm. or of America, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, and then he also is one of the five candidates for a comeback player of the year, which we'll find out in the NFL Honors Show. But yeah, he obviously... It deserves that honor. I didn't even know that honor existed, to be honest with you, that award, but Yeah, we it's hear the comeback cool. a lot, but I yeah, haven't heard the most improved. Most improved, but, but like it's it. kind of neat. Um, and if you look at his numbers from 2022 to 2023, you can see why. And, you know, 2022, he had been traded by the Browns to the Panthers because the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, and, and so they got rid of Baker. And then it wasn't a great situation in Carolina. Matt Rule, he got fired, I don't know, five or six games in the season. Uh, and then they had rotating quarterbacks in Carolina, and, and uh, eventually the Panthers, who were having a terrible season, waived him in December. He got picked up by the Rams, had one really great game right after he got there, and won player of the week. Uh, but overall, when you put all the numbers together for that season, and then compare them to this season, I mean, I think the most important thing is the very top mark, that top line up there, the starting record, 2-8 and eight to 9-8. and eight. But every number he improved in. Uh, and if you look at the difference in the pass rating, that's quite impressive. Incredible. Yeah, so it was a really great did. season and you know I don't know how to feel about most improved because he probably would think <clears throat> I mean if you look at 2020 he has very similar numbers to 2023 when he was with the Browns and took them to the playoffs so it's almost more like rebound 
right, to the, the level of play that he knew he could get to. Mm -hmm. So I know that uh, one of the things this time of year is always we're wondering who's going to be a part of the team this next year, when does free agency start. One of the probably least paid attention to parts of that is the practice squad, but this is the time of year that we do find out a lot about who's coming back. And we've seen that that can be an incredibly important part of the team in terms of not just getting your starters ready, but guys that can get called up and end up playing some some big roles, especially if there's injury or things going on. So what do we know about who will be coming back in terms of the futures contracts? Yeah, so, the and you're right. Um, a lot of times, a guy like, say, Jose Ramirez, the mm -hmm. six-round guy uh, edge that we drafted, he ended up on the practice squad this year and spent the whole year on the practice squad. But he can definitely... Uh, you know, rise next year to the roster potentially, depending on who's here and who's not, <coughs> and how much he improves. Mm -hmm. If you look at Mike Green, same thing. Uh, we we resigned him after a year on the practice squad, and then he made the active roster this past year. Even started a couple games. So reserve future contracts <coughs> are contracts that you sign like right now in January, but they take effect in 2024. It just means you don't have to wait, mm. and 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 uh, you can get those guys back right away. And uh, but they don't affect the salary cap right now. They're, right. They apply to 2024. And the Bucks resigned 14 of the 16 guys that were on their practice squad at the end of the season. And there may be. Um, there may, you might eventually re-sign the other two as well. But for now, it's guys like Jose Ramirez, David Wells. Remember, he started the year on the active roster as one of the tight ends. Um, uh, Keenan Isaac, a cornerback that they played a little bit. Evan Deckers, the long snapper that they signed last year out of college, out of Duke, is back. So maybe he'll be pressing Zach Trinner potentially for that job. Mm -hmm. And then one, we did sign a uh, handful of guys from other teams or just off the roster. One interesting one is a, a young man named... Luol Uguic, I practiced that. Luol Uguic, um, he's, he's from Canada. His family's originally from Sudan. He wow. was born in Canada. Um, and he, he's played a little bit in the CFL, but this is the first time he signed with anybody in the NFL. He's a defensive tackle. So um, it'll just be interesting to see yeah. What's that? Because it's not often that a guy, his first time signed by an NFL team is in January. Yeah, that's really <coughs> interesting. That'll be fun to watch. Um, and then I know that we're going to close with this. Uh, for the next several weeks, we're going to pick a different position each week to look at of the draft in terms of is this something that we feel like the team could be targeting as we turn our attention to the draft and the offseason. So tell us the first position you wanted to address and see if this is yeah. something the Bucks might You're look right. at. So the Bucks are picking 26 in the first round. So when I talk about um, potentially addressing this in draft, I'm talking high. Maybe this this pick, maybe second round, something like that. Um, and we, have, we haven't made a real deep dive into the draft yet. I haven't done a single mock draft. So this is more just like each week we're going to look at a position and see what's the state of that. Would the Bucks maybe draft something at that spot high? The Bucks did get to 48 sacks this season, uh, which is the third most in the season in team history. Yet I would still say, do we have that star edge rusher that can get you 12 sacks, 14 sacks in a season? And I think you know, Yaya Diaby, the rookie who had a great rookie season, uh, led the team in sacks, which is awesome, especially out of the third round. So that's a nice piece right there. But 7.5 sacks as your sack leader, you'd probably like to see that be a little bit higher, right? And uh, we last year was 6.5 by Vita Vea. So the Buccaneers got a lot of sacks, but it was almost by committee. They had nine different players have at least two and a half sacks, and that includes some safeties and some linebackers. And, and so uh, it, it all added up to a good sack number. And, and the Buccaneers were tied for the most uh, players on a team this year that had at least two and a half sacks, and that's good. And it also speaks to Todd Bowles' mm -hmm. play-calling prowess. But I still think it's possible 
that the Buccaneers would be interested if uh, maybe a guy like Chop Robinson from Penn State or something like that makes it to 26th. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider presented by Verizon. We'll be back all offseason with you, keeping you updated with these different coaching hires as well as looking ahead to the draft. We'll see you next time.